Hello everyone, welcome to the Cyber Weekly. The Cyber Weekly is a podcast which talks about cyber security with media of reference security host and Josephine Olof, my co-host. This week, uh, we got Emily May Mara. And uh, yeah, as you can see, she's ready, locked and ready for <laughs> for the questions. We're about to start firing her. Uh, but uh, before we continue, Josephine, do you have anything to say? Uh, thank you, Dale, and uh, good morning. Good morning, Emily. It's very nice to see you. Uh, I've known Emily for a long time through uh, the Isaka Kampala chapter, so I'm very excited to that she's on the show. Emily, you're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Josephine. Thank you very much, uh, Deo, and good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, and good morning to everyone. <laughs> so, uh, now, we'll, we'll first, most of the times I'm going to read the profile, but today, Emily is going to read her own profile. <laughs> that is talking about herself. So, uh, Emily, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, that's, uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Deo. So, yes, just like it's been mentioned, my name is uh, Emily Maymara. Uh, oftentimes when I, I, I say that, I'm being asked, Yo, Mara, are you from Kenya? Uh, what does Mara mean? <laughs> so I always have to go down and explain. But yes, uh, my name is Mara. I'm Ugandan from Gulu district and my name Mara means love just so that Perhaps you can uh, you can tell us how you pronounce it really 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 Mama. pronounce it because it's not Mara <laughs> I'm saying it in English <laughs> yes in <laughs> yes so in actually it's pronounced Mara yes. Mara uh -huh. to mean yes yeah. to mean to mean love yes yeah. and in this <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see. <laughs> the word just flow. Emily May Mara. Yeah. Now yes. if I, I had Mara, and I was like, okay, that's familiar. Uh -huh. It's it's yes. more like it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's about myself. So about my career, I've been in the audit field for. It's now since 2017. That's about what um, seven years. However, my career, right from my graduation from IT, I began with IT operations, and then later transitioned to to audit. And still in audit, I'm, I I was blessed to join the department. And the, my first deployment was really in operational audits because that's where the vacancy was. Then I later transitioned to IT audits. So that is a blessing when you have an all-round, uh, call it experience, of both worlds. You're not only limited to the IT audit, but then also you're able to use your proficiency on that normal what would call operational audits to still carry out the IT audits. So a bit about that. I am a CISA. 
that is a certified information systems auditor and also I hold an ISO 27000 from PECB. Yes, uh, yeah, I am also an MBA graduate from Nkosi University, which is in Uganda. Yeah, so in brief, in brief, that is uh, Emily Maymara. I am a mother to a wonderful son. <laughs> yes, so over to you, Deo. So, um, first, uh, broaden it, uh, your career transition, where did you start from? Which organization did you work for first is up okay. to now? Okay, great. That's a, that's a great question. So my career, I would say, professionally started uh, 11 years ago when I joined Centenary Bank. And at the time I joined, I joined in as a IT support officer, which role I did and it, it was, I did that for about five years. However, the only difference was just uh, through the transfers being, um, uh, I, I wasn't stationed at the head office. So first did uh, the branches for some time before later on being, uh, okay. In our world, it is more of a promotion when you're now at the head office. But later, I moved to the head office. So in doing that, it was mostly mostly IT support. However, I, I oftentimes interested myself in operations of the institution. And that, that meant going to the field for accounts opening. That meant going to the field for loans, recoveries, loan appraisals, like the whole nine yards. But at the point in time, that's when there was enrollment for financial card system. I was always involved in that. Basically, each and every operation at the bank, I, I, as long as I had the time, I would oftentimes get to involve myself in that. And little did I know that actually something I was doing unknowingly it's the ticket that I actually needed to join the internal audit department of Centenary Bank at the time. Because at the time, okay, when I graduated, I, I really didn't think so much about IT audit. I think it wasn't emphasized during our time that IT audit was actually a, a very nice career. So we did everything more in detail apart from that. However, when I am doing this work, actually the first principle in carrying out any audit is understanding the audit area, understanding the business. So what I did unknowingly at in my IT operations work, actually it was the main thing that I needed to actually understand the operations of the institution. So when I moved to audit, if I mean we're auditing basically branches and the like. So I much as I was an IT person at the branch, I actually knew almost all the operations that that really would take place. So okay, I don't know if uh, I've I've tried to to answer the question, but in, in brief, that is how I get into audit when the opportunity is there and 
the rest uh, is history, like they say. So you are currently at Yes, I'm, I'm currently at Uganda Communications Commission, still in the internal audit department, where, um, yeah, I, I still do IT audits and also operational audits. Yeah, thank you for that. So you've um, you started in IT, IT support, now you, you got into IT operations, and now you're into IT audit. Um, is there a reason you you went into IT audit, and what what is the what is it that you like about being an auditor? Should we say? Yeah, thank you, thank you very much, Josephine. That is a a very a very good question. Well, what I liked about or what I like, okay, maybe liked then as I was uh, pursuing this career path, is to basically add value in, in in each and every task that I am doing. So oftentimes, just like I'd mentioned earlier, I would try to interest myself, okay, in doing this role, how can I do it better? How do I always seek to improve myself in in the work that I am doing? So even then transitioning to this role, because I felt it would give me more of the value in my IT career. So IT audit really, it, it, it cut it for me because I would also be involved in maybe understanding more of all these other areas in, in IT that I would not normally be exposed to if I'm only in IT operations. Because then if I am doing IT support, it means I am basically limited to IT support. I would not be exposed to say security, that is information security, maybe cyber security, maybe to the databases, to risk management, to IT governance. So that was really my drive to move to IT audit because in doing that, I would then be exposed to all these other domains in IT, much as now more not in the operational side, but providing assurance to, to management over the risks, internal controls on each of those domains. So I think mostly that was the, the, the drive for me. And it's been a wonderful journey, though of course, all the efforts to keep on improving yourself. You need to keep on reading. I I subscribe to podcasts that I listen to, blogs, just to keep abreast of latest trends, to be able to know, okay, this is new, this is happening. How do I then safeguard my organization from, from such? How do we improve our processes? How do we manage risks in certain aspects and that has really been the, the driving force for me uh, over the years that I've been on this role. So uh, this perception when it comes to, to the audit um, realm that it's not cyber security, people prefer the things of hacking or you know, protecting the system, 
uh, what do you, how do you demystify that for, for our listeners? Thank you, thank you, Leo. I'll start uh, maybe by defining or giving the difference about the two the two aspects. Then later on we can see how to how to cut that. So cybersecurity is more about protecting information systems, networks, uh, and mm -hmm. data, which we know is now the new oil and protecting this data from unauthorized access, misuse, and damage. Really, uh, in, in brief, that is what would be involved in cyber. However, when you're talking about as a hacking, that is only one aspect of cybersecurity, which is hacking, gaining unauthorized access to uh, the resources of an organization. So, just still about breaking that down further. When we are looking at cybersecurity, we are also able to, to talk about what are those practices that one can do, that one can do to be able to protect the organization's resources. And these measures can be in various forms. They can be corrective measures. When an incident has radio card, how do we uh, move from that. There can be detective controls where an organization can then have systems in, in place to be able to detect some of these uh, these, mm -hmm. these what call them uh, threats to the organization. Some are preventive measures that the organization can employ we have um, aspects of antivirus and the like that organization can actually put in place to be able to avoid unauthorized access. So they are basically just some of those measures. However, now auditing in this case, how does it then fit into this broader aspect of cybersecurity and then it fits in because as an auditor you're then providing that kind of assurance by assessing the effectiveness of some of these security controls that have been put in place by the organization uh, you're then assessing compliance to regulatory requirements uh, like of late, everyone's talking about data protection and all that. You're also then providing assurance to that. But then also, if say an organization then conforms to, let me say the ISO standard, you're then still going to provide some assurance on that, that actually there are those conformities that are taking place. Then that is uh, basically the role of then audits in in from that that aspect then evaluation of just like i'd mentioned analysis of these security controls the compliance and then in doing that just to give some bit of more context in how that is then done when we are reviewing the security um, policies and procedures, just like I mentioned earlier, 
we are then maybe looking at also the conformance to some of these standards. Then also in the process still about cyber, we can also look at uh, evaluation of say incident response plans for the organization just to see in case of a breach, how do we recover from that as an, uh, have we carried out the tabletop exercises to be able to confirm that we can actually pull out in the event of a breach. Then also, we can also look at in the assessment of or evaluation in terms of third party risk management as an organization, how have we postured ourselves right to be able to manage the cyber risks that come from third, third parties? So in brief, I've tried. So basically hacking is simply just a component of the whole cybersecurity framework. And that brings me to another example, still about the same, where an organization can then carry out vulnerability assessments and penetration tests. You're then trying to see how hardened is your network to be able to identify uh, or to proactively manage the risks from, if I would say the hackers in this case, if I just use uh, the same words. So in brief, I think that is how I would demystify the cybersecurity and uh, the hacking aspect. Yes. Yeah, thank you for, for that answer. So it's it's definitely sounds like you have a broad uh, coverage in terms of the areas you look at as an auditor um, and that you're using, you know, I, I don't know to what extent you use, I'm sure the CISA and the ISO um, uh, certifications that you have have really helped in, in doing that. I don't, I think, I, I don't know if that's, if you agree with that. Uh, yes, uh, thank you yeah. very much, Josephine, for that. Yes, I do agree with that because when you have uh, it, it, that kind of certification or training, you're then able to, it gives you a leverage to be able to demonstrate your expertise on, 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 on some of those aspects. If, let me say, you're then auditing an organization that is ISO certified, ideally then, whoever is is working with you on that engagement would have that comfort that you're actually going to to use your knowledge your skill your expertise to actually add value to their processes in in relation to that then still the CISA does give you the foundation and the foundation to be able to use to be able to carry out a, a good a good audit and a good audit would be okay it's a bit okay, what is a good audit one would ask but then to be able to pull out the key aspects that then maybe management would be interested in to provide the reasonable assurance on some of the, the kind of due diligence and due professional care that you do in carrying out your work um, all that is emphasized as one 
thinks, excuse me, as one seeks to achieve such a certification. So it is, it is helpful that one has them as you be what would call a trusted advisor. Okay, and you also have an MBA. Notice you have an MBA as well. Um, I am assuming that you're managing people. Um, but do you think that the MBA, that, that if you're going to be a manager, they need an MBA? Uh, and do you think that it's, if you want to get onto the next stage, maybe as a, as on the C-suite, that you really need to have an MBA? Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for, for that good question. Indeed, having an MBA is a popular and then widely recognized qualification for then individuals that would be seeking um, C-suit positions. However, it, 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 it might not be the only path or one who wants to achieve to achieve this position because when we are looking at the C-suite, one can be a CEO, a CTO, a CMO, and these roles then require relevant experience in various fields, uh, leadership, people management, uh, industry, knowledge. And then the, an MBA certainly enhances one's qualifications and provides one with that kind of uh, broad, it, it gives you that broad kind of perspective to be able to, to, to do that. However, just like I mentioned, it's, it, it, may, it may not be the only one, but one then needs to build this other relevant skills to be able to flourish at that role because at that point um, at the C-suite we are managing stakeholders when you are then managing stakeholders how do you deliver your message how do we then get to uh, encourage innovation in in doing work how do we get people to achieve uh, the strategic objectives of the organization? So yes, an MBA is a starting point, really, for one to be able to, to thrive at that role. Then after that, build these other skills as well. And there are many ways of building this skill. One of them is to have a mentor when uh, one desires to, 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 to be at that level, then you would uh, need to associate with the members or professionals at that level to be able to watch how do they, how do they do their work? How do they think? How do they be able to do what they do? And uh, some of the, those are some of the ways, but then also there are programs that can also help to to be able to achieve this when you enroll in education, what I call them education programs, but really leadership development programs to be able to then 
uh, be a good a good a good advisor but then also there are associations that when once one is a member then you're able to still be able to have a team of like-minded individuals to be able to to thrive yeah at the c-suite level okay. thank you for that answer thank you so now when it comes to that uh, talked about organizations and associations uh, as i put it it would be a crime for us to, to talk about uh, all these organizations we are talking about isaka they may pain me <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> so uh since you and Isaka Kampala chapter member, uh, please uh, tell us a little bit of how you joined the chapter and the, and the how you flourished and how it has helped you reach where you are. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dale. Yes. Uh, I think earlier on, I had mentioned something about the associations and aspirations so the the time just uh, I'll, I'll just take us aback just to bring up how I then joined ISACA the time I was going through the transition of my role from IT operations to IT audit I then got the chance to interact with a few of my colleagues that that were in those positions so i was like okay if if i want to get into this role how do i how do i get in there how do i what do i then need to do so i do not have to reinvent the wheel so in the process i managed to have a conversation with one of my colleagues who actually at the time was uh, a board a board member so he interests me. He's like, yes, if you want to, uh, this is your passion. You're sure it's what you want. You can actually enroll for a CISA. He was kind enough, gave me all the reading material, helped me through the registration process. And I embarked on my journey of pursuing the CISA. So Isaka Kampala chapter in brief. Okay, maybe I'll start with Isaka in brief is an information systems or information technology organization that then provides certification programs and to to members all around the world at the moment there are about 50 chapters local chapters uh, all around the world those are 50 countries sorry there are 50 countries and over 200 chapters all around the world so the local chapter then helps out in driving the ISACA agenda, which is really to churn out professionals in the information technology space. And this is not really limited to IT audit because there are also certifications in information security, cybersecurity, uh, risk management, and then IT governance, where there are also tailor-made uh, 
certification programs to if if one wants to basically build their skills in any of those domains there is the popular cobit framework that is for it governance and the like so my journey then started with that the gentleman introduced me to this and i enrolled and eventually got my certification so i saka kampala chapter where yes uh, I'll, I'll mention this i am the marketing director at the chapter so in doing this we are trying to reach out to university students reach out to university students and have a, a module at least representative in each a module on it audit like really emphasized if they need the guest lectures to come and try and direct the students that want to pursue this and this is really by interesting them uh, when you go there as a beneficiary i would call it from the isaka from the from the isaka certifications you then they are able to look at you and what you've achieved able to interest them from a point of view of i was also once uh, here lost and didn't know where to go and now we do so there are student groups that are also at the universities where like clubs if i'd call it more of a club so if one is interested in any of those domains at isaka they are then able to join this club so isaka then empowers them with materials um that they can use to be able to build this club to learn more there are boot camps that are provided there there um, uh, what else would i call them they are basically handled then there are also programs that one can pursue to be able to like if i'd call it a learning path like if i'm saying i want to become an it auditor what are those things that i then need to do so then you're taken through that form of of learning path <laughs> yeah so uh it, in in brief i think that is isaka and what it would then offer to both a professional already in the field you're hoping to change your career or if you're just starting out still as a member there are mentors that you can be attached to and these mentors are not only local to Uganda but international because Isaka provides a, a platform where you're able to interact with professionals all over the world there is a platform called an engage platform where one then gets to interact freely with anyone all over the world as long as they are on on those platforms so maybe i can also slot them in uh, the mentorship program began 2 years ago and yeah i can proudly say that i was among the pioneer members of of this mentorship program I am personally one that believes that each time we learn it's not like because I had been in the field for long I I'll, I'll say that I know it all I do not know it all so to improve myself I had to then get a mentor tell me how can I better myself in the profession 
how do I then get to from the work I'm doing? How do I give more value to to management? How do I present my reports better? How do I know what to focus on? Uh, and yeah, it it it's been beautiful and. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention more about that maybe um, before I finish, just how from what I've gained and what I do as an individual just to try and and handhold anyone that that really reaches out to just help them as they develop themselves professionally in the IT audit space. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I... I'm a member of a, a Kampala chapter, and I'm really grateful for uh, the guidance I received when I was uh, transitioning my career into, into the governors, more governors. Uh, the president was able to give me some advice on the frameworks to, to follow the training. So I really appreciate the career guidance that I received. And I do like the idea, you know, the idea of giving the guidance to university students when they're just starting out. And also the the mentorship, giving uh, exposure to, you know, mentors, mentor mentorship. I think that is so important uh, in giving role models to people. Um, uh, so thank you very much for the great work you guys are doing at the chapter. I think it's really really beneficial, uh, oh, to, especially to to your careers. So um, in I think you said you were going to talk about your. You know, how you've benefited, how the experience that you had at the chapter has benefited your your man your position now or your management positions now. How has that happened? How has that helped? Yes, that that, that is a a great a great uh, question, Josephine. So, being a member of ISACA, especially at the leadership uh, level, it, it has helped me to, if I'd say develop my, my, my leadership skills, my communication skills, my, uh, to, to basically develop me even as an individual because then I'm able to expand my professional network by being able to to reach out to like-minded individuals and then be able to shape myself. Uh, there's a scripture, uh, I may want to look this in, there's a scripture that says, iron sharpens iron, and then uh, it helps to build the continents of another. So when we are members of this, of such professional bodies, we are actually shepherding each other. And yes, we do sharpen each other. And this can be through the interactions. It's through the, the, the webinars. It is through the conferences. As a Isaka Kampala chapter, we do hold the uh, annual conferences. But then, all the same, uh, as a member, there are conferences that take place all around the world. So still, you get to interact with these members. And thank God for the wake of COVID. I mean, we do not have to physically be in, in places virtually. All you have to do is be a member. All these resources are then 
given out to you, I mean. So being a member of ISACA has actually helped me to build my professional network that I do know, okay, fine, if I'll need to to develop a certain skill, I, I want to aim to be like person X. I do not really have to 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 do to do so much i would say like the whole network is there for you and then you're actually able to to be who you want to be there's a famous quote by napoleon hill which says um he's he's one of my favorite he says whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can actually achieve so when you want when you're setting out i i want to be this person, I want to be an IT auditor. I want to be a different kind of IT auditor. This is the, when they say Emily Maymara, this is the person, the vision that I want to cast to this person. I can then do it. And I, I can actually be able to, to achieve that. And Isaka has surely given me a platform to be able to, to, to thrive in my role as an IT auditor, because as a member of ISACA, there are various benefits that as a member you are provided with. And these are, if I would call them the, the frameworks that you need, even if it's for any of the standard audits, there are pro audit programs that you can uh, at least have a starting point with. There are blogs that are pushed out twice a week they are, uh, what else would they would I call them? Basically, that whole platform to be able to to thrive in your role, the online on-demand webinars, you're then able to have, I mean, all that is then provided for you to be able to thrive in your role. Yes. Uh, Thank you, that's, that's yes. great, yeah. <laughs> There you're on mute. I think I was talking to myself only. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm also a member of ISACA, and that's how I put me with Jesus in. So, as you can see, I'm benefiting from the networks go through my ISACA. <laughs> I am, I am. Oh, wow, we think we would. A living testimony, yeah. So, how how does one step by step process of how one can and uh, join the chapter? Because many do want to join, but they be like, ah, it's difficult. So, how would one join the chapter? Uh, the people they can contact for that that information. How how does one? Yes, that's a, that's a, a, a great question. So I'll start with the last part. How does one get to contact someone? We do have a secret, Arisaka Kampala chapter has a secretariat office and that is in Kampala still in, look, in Nakawa at the UICT premises, that is Uganda Information Communications Technology Center, that is just next to MOOBS, 
So we do have a secretariat office there at the SATCOM block two. So being um, a secretariat office there no, on in, in normal day, you would expect uh, to go there and find the administrators. We do have two administrators that are normally based there. So when one wants to become a member of ISACA, all you have to do is log on to www.isaka.org and create an account. This account is, is, is created free of charge, really. However, to be able to, to get the benefits that I described earlier, you would then have to be to 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 pay up the membership fees and then this is what would then open your door to unlimited access to all the resources so basically just creating the account may not be good enough it would still get you a few resources but not the whole not the whole not the whole pack because as a member uh, one of the other benefits is then you do get discounts on on materials in fact uh, as a member most of the white papers uh, access to the the webinars most of them are then free of charge even the mentorship programs are then free of charge as long as you are a paid up member you then get all these benefits so all one has to do is to create the account pay up the membership fees and and and, and you're in so from in there oftentimes then still you may want someone to to show you around you're saying okay i've paid my membership how do i get to uh, benefit of all this that is open to me then you may want to walk to the chapter office or give them a call we do have um, a, a general office line there are email addresses that you can use info at isaka.or.ug would give you uh, at least you are able to get to the administrators and in case you need to set up a call to explain that then also some of us are also available you can just reach us through linkedin or emails or interaction at the physical events of course that is also helpful because you're then able to to meet up and share with professionals in the field so in brief, in brief, really, that is how one would become an ISACA member and also be able to tap into the benefits of being a member. I, I know we had we talked about um, providing a, a career map of sorts, a career guidance uh, of sorts. Um, but before I ask that, I want to check. So if I'm a student, um, is the rate the same to be a member as somebody who's working? Well, that that is an, an, an awesome the question. The membership. No, they, it, it's not the same, actually. Once one log, there are two types of membership that one can have. When you register as a professional, of course, there are 
the, the fee is different. But as a student member, you do not pay the same amount of money. It's actually much less or almost even free of charge. But I mean, that is about it. However, that is then even when you're trying to professionalize as a student, still the rates are different from the professional membership. They're different. Okay, no, that's that's great. That's really good. So if if you wanted to give um, a map of sorts, a career map to someone who wants to become an IT auditor, what how would you advise them to proceed? I know you probably touched on it in previous answers, but just to, to give a quick guide. Well, thank you so much. So the roadmap really, it's not... Uh, one size fits all. However, at the end of it all, uh, one would want to to be the best that they can be. So the first thing, okay, of course, I would then want to uh, assume maybe someone already has a, a bachelor's degree in in a field, maybe information systems, computer science, or if it can even be in finance and accounting, as long as one then has the interest for IT and they can still start off on the journey of becoming an IT auditor. Then another thing that then one would have to do is if, if you're starting out at entry level, you may want to have internship placements in, in say an audit firm just to understand okay what the, the basics about auditing what is in there how do i carry out an audit i mentioned earlier that one of the first things is understanding the nature of the business okay how do i understand the nature of the business what are the relevant questions i'm um, um, to ask how do i then get to to use my skills my listening skills my communication skills how do I ask the right questions? How do I then get to um, build up another skill, say professional skepticism? If I'm having an interaction with someone, how do I do this? So an internship would, act an, would actually help one to be able to gain the experience and be able to get this exposure. But then also, as you start out, I think another thing is just to believe in yourself so you're able to take on roles on projects. No one knows it all. So you get in there, have your hands dirty in the process. You're then getting to learn more, ask the relevant questions. You're then able to know how to research on the areas you feel you may want to build proficiency on. Then another thing that one could do would be to aim for some certificates and certifications. Just like I had hinted on earlier, when you are aspiring to be a trusted advisor, or if you are a trusted advisor that you are, a few certifications to your name would actually give you that credibility. Uh, and you're also able to that credibility in the field to whoever is then listening to you. But then also you then, when you have that, you're able to demonstrate your proficiency in either 
audits or the area that you're basically uh, providing your assurance on or where you have to apply yourself. So another key step is to gain professional certifications to your name. Then another thing would be to gain technical gain technical skills. Uh, in 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 one of the places where I worked, I had a supervisor who would always keep on telling us, there are very many auditors in the industry. What is the differentiator? Always strive to have a differentiator that when they are saying there are all these auditors in the department, what makes Emily stand out? What makes Josephine stand out? What makes Deo stand out? So then you may want to build some technical skills. It could be uh, in cybersecurity uh, that we are talking about here. If you have chosen the cybersecurity path, burn the midnight oil. Try and do everything it takes to develop that technical skill. Just like uh, we agreed earlier, iron sharpens iron. Get uh, professionals in the field who have already gone ahead of you and know perhaps a bit more, uh, have all this experience. Learn from them, take someone out, uh, speak to them, get, get to understand how they actually were able to acquire this skill. At least you would be able to, to pick up a thing or two to be able to develop yourself but to try and develop technical skills. And this, okay, there's cybersecurity. Now there's data analytics. Even as you're doing your work, when you're able to bring out those exceptions that are not, that are not common, because I mean, even in auditing, I mean, they could be, there are some of those, those, um, uh, I had a manager who would say, you have to bring out something that is that has not come out before. When you're reading a report, then you're trying to see something new, something different. If you're able to pick out some of those exceptions that maybe you were able to apply your data analytics skills to pick out some of those unique, unique uh, occurrences that maybe were otherwise always overlooked, then you're able to to be as good as really you want to be. If your area, you want to understand networks, try and, you know, I apply yourself intentionally to be able to learn a lot more about the area that, that uh, you feel would really make you be different. Then another thing as you develop your technical skills is you then need to be, stay updated with uh, emerging technologies. Uh, ISACA has a certificate or certification that was launched, I think about two years ago. It is CET, Certificate in Emerging Technologies. So it, it has about four domains, You're able to look at blockchain, AI, and some of those modules in there have such a, a certificate so that you're then able to know how to audit many of these new emerging technologies, cloud computing. Right now, most of our data is in the cloud. As an auditor, are you then able to 
audit cloud infrastructure are you able to to understand um, generative ai and how it can actually impact an organization and impact on your work so that is another thing that one could do then how do we okay we're talking about building industry knowledge you need to stay updated with industry specific regulations where um right now i think the what is mostly being talked about is data privacy are you as an it auditor able to understand what is involved in data privacy in terms of how does it also impact your work are you uh, i know that even still when you're looking at data uh, data privacy you're then able to to understand that uh, uh, as uh, in in your auditing work the kind of work you're doing you're able then to provide if you have that background you're able to provide advice on privacy by design security by design you're able to share on some of those best practices that you've acquired through your knowledge uh the different forms in which basically you then get to acquire and the, the knowledge but then you need to be able to translate that to your organization to be able to to be I'll, I'll, I'll still insist and say to be the trusted advisor so that then the organization doesn't get fined when there's another independent audit that's done by an external stakeholder that they are not able to pick out the things that you would normally pick out as an IT auditor or internal auditor for that matter using your experience and uh, expertise in the field uh maybe last but then not least still as one is pursuing that journey is networking networking and professional development programs we're still going to talk about the professional associations like we have isaka kampala chapter where we we are members one can also choose okay there are many others there's uh, institute of internal auditors where one can still acquire a certification there where you're a certified internal auditor and with my interaction even on this particular certification it does involve a lot of what is uh IT, IT domains so that you're also able to provide uh, some assurance even from that. So there, there's, those are some of the professional networks that maybe one would want to join. But then also you need to participate in events, conferences, webinars to be able to expand your professional network. You're able to share knowledge and to stay connected with your peers in the industry so by using some of these um, applying yourself to some of uh, these things that are really aforementioned i think at the end of it all one needs to then seek opportunities for career advancement really to be able to move through the ranks understand what you then need to do to be the best that you can be 
Wow. Thank you for very, <laughs> very comprehensive answer. Thank you very much and very useful, I think. Thank you. I'll go about to start talking to myself again. <laughs> so, how do you usually uh, balance uh, uh, family and work? Wow. Family and work. This indeed, um, thank you, Deo. Striking a balance on this can really be very challenging, and yet it is important to prioritize both in order to maintain a healthy and unfulfilling life. Uh, just like people say now, to be able to have good. Uh, for your mental mental health, <laughs> you need to be able to strike this balance. Otherwise, you would end up spending so much time on one and then the other one does suffer. So a bit about that, I think on my part would say to set boundaries where we know that for work, I mean, this is where maybe work would, uh, I wouldn't say would end end, but at least to be able to balance your time well, to say that if it's time for work, this is um, family time. So that when you're doing your work, you're actually able to focus on your professional tasks. And then when you're home, you also try to really be fully present and engaged with the members at home so that uh, you're able to avoid especially work-related stress. Then another thing for me would be to, to communicate with your employer. And with this communication, we are saying, how do we then get to strike this balance? If there are opportunities for flexible work engagements, uh, like the telecommuting, flexible hours, so that you're then able to accomplish your work tasks, but then also have time for for the family at the same time. At least with the wake of COVID, again, uh, we've seen employers slowly accepting that actually when I say that I am remote working, I am not somewhere at the beach, <laughs> you know, chilling by the sand, but I'm actually doing my work, doing my hours and giving in the output that is that is desired. Another thing would be still about communicating to your employer. Uh, I'll, I'll just give a simple example here. Uh, because we know how during the commute, you're able to spend longer hours in the traffic and then you want to kind of try and strike that balance. I have a colleague who then still, because of opening up, would be, okay, from the arrangement she had, reach office slightly earlier, get to do your tasks, but then she had to pick the children from school. Uh, slightly early, I think that was about 4 p.m. So that meant 
she would be leaving work slightly earlier. But then this balance was also then was achievable because she would get to reach work earlier and then do her tasks so that even when she left work slightly earlier, I think she would still put in about an hour or so later on, maybe when she got home, if there was really anything urgent to attend to. So communication still helps to to achieve to achieve this 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 kind of balance. But then also still on the same thing as we are striking this balance, another thing is time management, really. We do know there are some things that um, rob us of our time, one of which is uh, social media. So I often try and then schedule my time. If I'm off my, say, if I would say eight hours of work, I know that I maybe I'll attend to messages at this time. I would maybe have to check my WhatsApp early in the morning before I start work or during the lunch break and maybe later in the evening or basically trying to avoid the things that would divert me from what I would be from my work basically. So just try and manage the time in that way. But then also another thing is to be able to set goals for the day. I think that also helps in striking the balance and even in setting these goals as we try to achieve our tasks we will try and just prioritize them uh, know what is urgent what is important and then try and see how to to work with the hours that we have but then again another thing when we are talking about trying to balance our family and work i think delegation is something that also comes in very very helpful if you're then able to depending on the level that you are at and then you're able to delegate some of the tasks that you feel you can maybe distribute to your team members instead of choking on it alone then you just come and you're able to finish that off faster that would also free up some time let me say on your work schedule it can help you free up some time for the family interactions and then all that. Then still, uh, one other thing for me is um, self-care. Uh, one needs to know what helps them keep, keep well, really, um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. If you need time to maybe go for a massage, time to meditate, time to do all these things. If you have a hobby, you then ensure that you do some of those things. If you're the one that likes the gym, the aerobics and all that, you really just try to to have that time so that your mental health actually remains in check. This does help to recharge and maintain a positive mindset amidst the demands of work and family. Um, maybe last, last but not least, another thing is to how do we try and, and strike this balance? We seek support from your network. I've actually come to realize that 
we need mentors. We need mentors in literally every aspect of, of our lives because it could be something like dealing with a teenage child. I, I may need someone who has actually done that to be able to help me that, okay, when we are dealing with this, I, I do not have to lose my head when I have to talk to this child and they they are, they are not responding in my desired way. How do I get to do this? How do I also then get to respond to some of that? So a mentor can be for the professional, even for your spiritual well-being, you'll need that kind of support system. For family, you need you know that kind of support system so that you're able to to remain cool-headed, if I if I would call it. Otherwise, if you to think you'll be a superman or a superwoman or super lady to be able to figure out all these things by yourself, trust me, that would surely not work. So when we are able to have that kind of support system for the different aspects of our lives, I think that would actually help us not to get overwhelmed and bogged down with all these demands then uh, I, I think that's it but then just as I conclude achieving this work-life balance for me it doesn't mean striving for perfection but rather finding harmony between these two competing demands, because indeed we need the work, we need family. So we just strive to have harmony in between those two uh, conflicting and competing demands. They're all competing for our time, for our availability, to be able to be the best that we can be. Yes, wow. over Thank to you, Deo. <laughs> Thank you for the answer, uh, Emily. Um, and I know as um, as women, we try to take on almost everything. So mm -hmm. we try to be a superwoman. We try to do the best at work, make sure we're there for the family, look after kids, care for our mm -hmm. relatives, be the everything. So yes. thank you for the advice. I think delegating is so important. Um, and then on to, as we conclude, and just lastly then, so if a woman wants to get into... Uh, the auditing industry what what um, advice would you give them oh, I, I was honestly looking forward to a, a question like this <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I was looking forward to a question like this because as ladies in the if I would call it in the IT space I think we need to do a little more than the the male counterparts to be able to to stand out, to be able to shine, to be able to to if I'd call it be the best, really we need to do a little bit more because you find even at times when employers are recruiting, they would prefer let me say the, the male counterparts. Maybe I don't know what their challenges would be. Are they looking at not taking off the the, the 
the time off for maternity leave, do they feel they are more energetic, like in uh, IT operations, that a lady wouldn't be able to climb up the rack to do something or go under someone's desk to fix network cables, connect these computers. So really, as a lady, you have to really do a little bit more as it is now to be able to to prove yourself however still there 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 are ways to to kind of cut that there are ways to cut that because uh there are people that have gone ahead of us and are shining in that space so it is achievable so one of um the ways or the advice that I would really give to a lady out there who is uh, breaking out into auditing, build a strong knowledge base. You then need to, just like I had mentioned earlier, the differentiator, there'll be so many auditors out there, but you want to be to be to be good, to be the best, really. So when they are saying there are 10 ladies out there who are doing IT auditors, why would some, I mean, doing IT audit, why would one want to choose, um, say, Emily over person X? So you need to invest time and effort in acquiring a solid foundation of uh, some of these principles, the kind of work you interact with, the princip auditing principles, practices, standards. Just understand... Uh, the, the area, the field that you're in so that you're able to thrive. And that may mean, just like we mentioned and agreed earlier, the training programs, certifications, to be able to sharpen yourself. Uh, LinkedIn is a good community where you're also able to get support. Follow some of these people. They're people that post content almost every other day or every week. Uh, tips uh, on how to maybe things to look out for during IT audits. Just uh, try to build a strong knowledge base. Another one that still I love, I love, I love that is seeking mentorship and support. As a lady, still we've, we've agreed we need to, we deal with slightly more than our male allies. But then when you seek mentorship and support, you're able to to be able to redeem time, if I would say, whatever would really take you, let me say, a year to acquire. When you have a mentor, I think you would be able to do that in a much, much, much shorter time. But then again, uh, as a mentor, when you're joining such a program, you basically set up goals. What do you want to achieve in this, in this kind of program? So you may want to one may really want to seek mentorship and then get support. And ISACA, just like I mentioned earlier, ISACA does provide uh, a structured mentorship program, which began, and this program began about two years ago. But then also, I think mentorship still can be structured or unstructured. The unstructured can even be just from your colleagues at work from your director, from your manager, you're then able, you want to learn something, try and watch them or just be open with them that this is what I want to develop so that you're also able to track that and you see how you are um, improving 
in some of those aspects. But then also another advice would be to be confident. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you need to be confident as as you then trying to um, to to do this kind of work. I, I I took a moment there. I was trying to say that okay, we are ladies, but then they're different. Their personalities, they are what. But then again, you can't still be soft in because that is your nature in how you approach matters. But however, when you need to then, how you deliver your message on, where people will know that this is what defines, let me say, Emily, that she's someone who pays attention to the detail. She's confident, assertive in how she's expressing the ideas and opinions and contributions. You then need to be able to do that because as an auditor, incidentally, everyone knows that then you know more than them, which may not actually be the case. So when you're delivering your report or in your interactions, that has to, to come out as a quality. But then again, it should, I think we need to strike the balance. If you come across again as too tough, your audit clients might step aback and you may not really achieve your intended objective. But then also when you be too soft again, that they they they'll waste your time. What I've seen is at times when you're also on the other side, someone will waste your time. You reach and you get diverted. So you then need to be able to strike such a balance as you are embarking on on this, or you're already in the profession. But then again, as ladies, uh, you can develop a network and then build relationships. And this calls upon cultivating strong professional network within the auditing community and related industries. That is also some advice that I would give to uh, ladies in the field. And just like we mentioned earlier, these networks can be built through interactions with like-minded people and then you're able to, and this can be through conferences, webinars, but just like I mentioned earlier, still this, the power of social media, you're able to build that network of professionals that have gone ahead of you. And then you're able to, to redeem time in that way. Then another thing is um, for a lady still, just like Deo had asked me earlier, that balance, that work-life balance. As a lady, then you need to strive to achieve a healthy work-life balance by setting boundaries, prioritizing some of the things I talked about, like self-care, making time for families, for your hobbies, for your personal interests. And then we may need to remember that taking care of our well-being is essential for sustained success and fulfillment in our career. Then also another thing that would look at there would be supporting and empowering other other women. I must say that this you pay you, you pay this forward by supporting and empowering other women in the industry. Um, I'm proud to say that still Isaka has given me an opportunity to be able to 
to handholds, a few a few ladies out there who are shifting careers, uh, just like I did from IT operations then to um, IT audit. Then, I mean, th th there's nothing more rewarding than giving of yourself just so that you can help someone to be able to be the best and to achieve what they want to to achieve. So you can, as a, a lady in this space, you can foster a culture of collaboration, mentorship, and solidarity among women in auditing. You know, women in the profession of auditing, really. Um, stand up for each other. There's an opportunity. Reach out to someone, a fellow lady. You can do this. If there's something they're struggling with, try and be there. Give them that shoulder. Give them that time and listen to what they have to do to just help them. I think by following uh, a few of these tips and embracing opportunities for growth, women can achieve and make meaningful contributions, contributions to this auditing profession while advancing their careers in this dynamic and rewarding fields. Oh, thank yeah, you so. so much. Thank you very much for that answer. Really inspiring. I mean, thank I mean, you. It talks like a person who has been uh, a software engineer before. She <laughs> thinks about every angle and mm -hmm. has to lay it out. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because it's always so uh, people who have been uh, software engineering who have that kind of angle. They have to look at every aspect of it, which is really good. Thank you for that, Emmett. Oh, we thank God. We thank God. <laughs> You're welcome. I think it yes. also helps in, in auditing because you have to look at every aspect of... of, of mm -hmm. have to be detail-oriented, yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's a principle, trust but verify, so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, so mm. we, we do trust, but I will say, yeah, you're my friend, I do trust you, you are the head of IT, but yeah, can I please have um, these things to back up just what we've just shared? So Use the best yeah. language to get the information out. <laughs> mm. Okay. Oh, yes. mm. Yeah, but so, I'm really uh, passionate about um, women in this space. I, I think as ladies, we, we, we struggle a bit more just to to be understood uh i i don't have the statistics maybe i i, I wish i did even at um the c-suit at at board level the ladies that we do that we do have at that level are you know and yet really that's what we need to strive for better ourselves until we are able to break those glass ceilings and reach and reach the top. There's a book that I like by one of the Isaka members. She's a uh, Veronica Rose. I think she's on. Not, not I think she is on the Isaka board. It's a, a, a statement she has in her book that the bottom is too crowded. Mm -hmm. Aim for the top. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we 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 need to then get out those differentiators. Aim to be better. The mentorships. Uh, yeah, mm. I am. I'm glad to be on the call with you, Josephine, because you you do inspire me a lot just by what you do, uh, being on the boards and all that. So at least I, personally, I do know that in my circle, I do have you know someone to to look up to, really, to know that I don't have to 
reinvent the wheel. I do not have to spend months on the mountain seeking God for some of these answers when we really have uh, wonderful, wonderful ladies that have gone ahead of us and have made tremendous contributions to to this uh to the IT, the IT, the IT field really. Yeah. Oh, thank thank you. you for that, Emily. I appreciate it. I also feel that you mentor me as well. So but thank you and inspire me. But thank you. I actually thought Emily is telling you, ah, you should actually become my mentor one of these days. <laughs> I'm already there. You're already yeah. there. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Any parting shots, Emily? Uh, I I I thought. Okay. I I I just gave I just gave that earlier. Um. Maybe I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to share. To share my 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 life story, my journey, into the IT audit space where I am now. And yeah, I, I, I do look to achieve more to also aim really for for from for much, much better. Uh maybe I'll still end with that quote that I gave earlier by Napoleon Hill, which I would leave out to our viewers out there. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Really, that is that is all. I mean, the, there's all this that is open to us, but once we know we can achieve it, we just need to employ a few uh, things that we shared earlier, and we can achieve it. So, thank you, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Emily. This has been a real pleasure oh. having you, and we're really grateful that you took the time to come and talk to us. So, thank you very much. Uh, definitely wish you all the best in your in as you continue in your in your journey to the to the C suite. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Josephine. Thank you very much, Theo. Thank you for accepting to come on our humble podcast as Josephine calls it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay, with that, I would like to end the podcast today. Okay. Okay.